And welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Well, the average cost of a summer cookout for 10 people is $69.68, which breaks down to less than $7 per person, according to Farm Bureau's Summer Market Basket Survey. AFBF Chief Economist Roger Cryan says the overall cost for the cookout is up 17%, or about $10 from last year, because of several factors. One of them is the general supply chain challenges that we've had as we've recovered from COVID. Another one is the Federal Reserve Bank's expansion of the money supply, which has caused general inflation. It's caused the prices of everything to go up. And another one of the big impacts, especially on food, is the war in Ukraine and the cascading effects from that. Cryan says the increased cost for consumers is not a windfall for farmers and ranchers. Farmers and ranchers in the U.S. are facing rising input costs, and those rising input costs are cutting into the returns they're getting for their product. In a lot of cases, farmers are not even covering their increased costs with these higher prices. Livestock producers in particular are paying higher prices for feed, while their own prices are not that much above last year, if they are at all. Cryan says the war in Ukraine is a reminder of the importance of agriculture. For the last 40 years, we've been very lucky. We've seen growth in agricultural productivity. We've seen market reforms in China and the former Soviet Union that unleashed a lot of productive potential. And we've seen proving agricultural technologies. And many things have all contributed to food being more readily available. But this one event is cutting into that. It really serves as a striking lesson of how important it is to support productive agriculture and how important it is not to take our food supply for granted. You can find the complete Market Basket survey online at fb.org. The National Cattlemen's Beef Association opposition to the Cattle Price Discovery and Transparency Act hinges on government involvement in the cattle market. Although there are several parts of the bill that the NCBA approves of, Vice President of Government Affairs Ethan Lane says they do not welcome the idea of the federal government becoming involved with a cattle price mandate. Our concerns with that bill continue to be the heavy-handed government mandate that is intended to direct how packers acquire cattle, but in reality will be a mandate on how our producers market cattle. And a government intervention in the marketplace telling producers how to run their businesses is not something cattle producers are interested in. The Senate Agriculture Committee moved the bill to the full Senate here this past month. The vast majority of producers, Lane says, have voiced their opinions about the Cattle Price Discovery and Transparency Act of 2022. The preponderance of evidence and voices out there saying, please don't do this. This is not right for the industry. And you kind of get that Washington knows best mentality from a few of those senators trying to push this agenda forward. You know, we're hopeful that once it leaves the Ag Committee, now it's the business of the full Senate. Should they choose to take it up? There are a lot of cattle state senators that did not have a voice in that Senate Ag Committee conversation on both sides of the aisle that have substantial concerns with these bills. And I'm pretty confident that the leadership on both sides of the aisle will be hearing from those senators in the coming days. Again, that is Ethan Lane with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Well, the Supreme Court last week rejected a pair of agriculture-related petitions, including Bayer Ag's last remaining cases filed with the court on Roundup and a challenge levied against the Beef Checkoff Program by Ranchers Cattlemen Action Legal Fund, United Stock Growers of America, or RCAF USA. Two weeks ago, the Supreme Court denied Bayer Ag's petition on Monsanto versus Hardeman. This past week, the court rejected the company's petition on the product liability verdict in Pileon versus Monsanto. In both cases, the cancer victims won multi-million dollar jury awards. Bayer said in a statement to DTN, quote, Bayer respectfully disagrees with the Supreme Court's decision, but the company is not surprised given the court's declination in Hardeman just one week ago, end quote. 
Now, they also went on to say, quote, there are likely to be future cases, including roundup cases that present the U.S. Supreme Court with preemption questions like Piliad and Hardeman and could also create a circuit split and potentially change the legal environment. A Solicitor General's brief in Hardeman referenced the Carson case, which is currently before the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals and involves a favorable ruling by the trial court that the personal injury claims were preempted by federal law, end quote. The new ruling comes after the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals in California on June 17th rejected EPA's analysis for determining that glyphosate is likely not carcinogenic and ordered EPA to reevaluate its conclusions. Now, also last week, the Supreme Court denied RCAF USA's December 2021 petition that challenged the implementation of the federal beef checkoff program. The group had asked the court to consider whether otherwise, quote, unconstitutional compelled subsidies of private speech are, quote, government speech, end quote, free from First Amendment review. On May 2nd of 2016, RCAF sued USDA alleging the federal beef checkoff program amounts to a government-compelled subsidy of private speech of a private entity and argued it was unconstitutional. A preliminary injunction was granted by the U.S. District Court for the District of Montana. USDA then entered into Memorandum of Understanding with 20 state beef councils in Colorado, Florida, Hawaii, Indiana, Kansas, Maryland, Montana, Nebraska, Nevada, New York, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Vermont, Virginia, and Wisconsin. Now, RCAF has argued in court that in entering the agreements, USDA denied RCAF USA's members and ranchers everywhere their right to weigh in on a federal program they are forced to fund. There's a global appetite for U.S. pork. So National Pork Board uses pork checkoff funds to advance international product promotion along with the U.S. Meat Export Federation. The Pork Board's Vice President of International Market Development, Courtney Nupp, says the strategy is twofold. First, to differentiate U.S. pork versus pork of other origins, whether that's domestic production in a market or other foreign suppliers. And the second is to diversify. And that's making sure we have as many options to sell our product and position our product in multiple countries. The work with USMEF includes efforts to understand changing consumer preferences, which can be applied in other foreign markets. Really excited about the momentum and the positioning of U.S. pork in a market like Korea, who's really embraced e-commerce. So that's really a wave of the future. We can take those learning to other neighboring markets as well. We're focused on also different ways to merchandise. So how can we help them to better display and utilize different parts of the carcass? International marketing diversification is one of the Pork Board's five strategic priorities that was outlined by producers during its annual planning process last fall important part of our business because 30% of our product almost goes outside of the country and especially cuts that we may not consume frequently or at all that may be wasted such as variety meats and off-all products. Those are hugely valuable in Southeast Asian markets and more developing countries so we don't take that for granted. It's a great mix and partnership. And Nup says it's their job to sell every part of the pig, whether it's at home or abroad. Visit porkcheckoff.org to learn about NPB's international marketing strategy and the markets NPB aligns with. And that's all the time we have for American Ag Today here on this 4th of July holiday on this Monday. And hopefully uh, you are staying safe if you are out enjoying the festivities somewhere today, tonight, or maybe uh, even having some fireworks yourself. Make sure you stay safe and uh, definitely enjoy the long holiday weekend. This has been American Ag Today produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you and yours a great rest of your day and a happy 4th of July.